You're listening to an M Pavilion podcast. Conversations about design and the world we live in. For more, visit our archive at mpavilion.org and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to M Pavilion. My name's uh, Sebastian Goldspink from Agency Projects, and it's so great to see uh, so many of you out on this beautiful, uh, beautiful day here. Um, uh, we are really excited to kick off Untold, which is a, a weekend of uh, amazing kind of talks and workshops uh, here. Um, and um, before we commence, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and waters in which we meet and pay my respects to their elders, past past, present and emerging, always here, always will be. I'd also like to acknowledge that uh, yesterday I flew uh, from Gadigal land where I live and work uh, across my ancestral homelands of uh, Darug country uh, to be down here in, uh, in uh, Melbourne, um, and uh, it's uh, super exciting for me to be here. Um, just uh, before we begin, and before I, uh, I uh, introduce our incredible uh, guest, one of my, one of my, my favorite artists, um, just a little uh, brief kind of introduction about Agency Projects. So Agency is an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander not-for-profit organization that responds to an identified need expressed by cultural leaders, which resonates with government priorities, academic research, and the voice of innovative philanthropists who care deeply about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, art and country. Our values align with the foundations of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander resilience, strength and a desire to share. And I can't think of an exemplar uh, better suited to talk about uh, resilience and strength than uh, than our guest uh, today, Hayley Miller-Baker. Um, hello, Hayley, how are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's 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 super exciting. We had a uh, like a 19 hour chat the other day, uh, so we kind of our plan for today is just to sort of continue on from that. The loose theme for today is uh, around uh, well, the theme for the for the weekend is around materiality, and um, uh, we're going to look uh, as a starting point, I guess, at digital materiality, which which might seem like a contradiction in terms, but um, you know, looking at uh, Haley's incredible practice, particularly around um, photography and, and video and uh, self-portraiture. Um, I'll just do a quick uh, introduction uh, to Haley, which, uh, uh, you know, a, a young kind of artist, but who has already achieved, um, you know, so much. So Haley is a uh, Gunjamara and uh, uh, Jabarong artist, uh, born in Southwest Melbourne. Uh, she completed a Bachelor of Fine Arts in 2010 and a Master of Fine Arts at RMIT in 2007. Um, uh, through examining uh, the role uh, our multifaceted identities play in translating and conveying our experiences. Hallie works across photography, collage and film to integrate and abstract autobiographical narratives and themes relating to her own identity, drawing on spirituality, indigeneity, womanhood, motherhood and the psyche. And Hallie's kids are running around somewhere here as well too. Um, her oblique storytelling methods and methodologies encourage us to embrace uh, that the passage 
knowledge of identity, culture, and memory are not linear nor fixed. And I think this will be the kind of meat and potatoes of, of, of our talk. Um, Hallie's, you know, had a, had a storied history, and you can check out her extensive bio. Um, but um, really importantly, I guess, for today, um, um, so she uh, had, had a work called uh, Nick Tenasti, which um, debuted for the fourth National Indigenous Art Triennale Ceremony at the National Gallery of Australia. And that's actually um, opening today at Gertrude Glasshouse. Contemporary. Uh, sorry, Gertrude Contemporary. So yeah, yeah Gertrude Contemporary. Um, and um, then um, I think the actual opening for it is next week, but you can view it from today. Yeah, that's right. So it op yeah, opens today um, and next week on the 18th from 3.30 to 6pm is the official opening event. Amazing. And Hayley is really kind of um, uh, an example of this kind of generation of artists that I really love to, to work with who, um, you know, at their core are kind of multidisciplinary, um, you know, work across a variety of kind of mediums um, and ideas, make work uh, about identity, but really kind of embrace the the... Yeah, like 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 it said in the bio, the kind of non-linear idea of identity and not not kind of fixed and and the fluidity, I guess, around identity and that's something that 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 we talked a lot about um, the other night. But I'm, I thought maybe I'll I'll start off with this idea of the digital and the core of the digital in your practice and and and, and sort of look back a bit further uh, to your history and your original kind of starting point as a painter. And um, maybe if you could talk a little bit about uh, painting and then how that kind of moved to the digital happened and, and what kind of uh, pillars or kind of foundations you think from painting still exist in your practice today? So I learned to paint, I think, when I was about four or five years old out in the bush in a tent with my nan, um, who is the most beautiful, extraordinary landscape painter. Uh, not being biased, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so from that age, I genuinely thought that I was an artist um, and that's when I thought that I had become a painter. Um, flash forward, you know, all through primary school and high school, I did all of the art subjects. I was not going to do anything else but be a painter. Um, I went and did my bachelor degree. Uh, everything has changed now in tertiary studies. So back when I did it, which is, is not that long ago, but it was um, single majors. So I majored in painting, whereas now I think it's just, um, you know, they, they lump a whole different lot in to visual arts. But um, so I did painting and then I went back and started my master's um, after working in teaching for a little bit which uh, I taught painting and I taught, you know, th the basics from making your own canvas, stretching, all of the in-between bits. Um, and, yeah, I went back and did my master's and was painting still and that was 2016. And it kind of was just like photos had always been involved in my practice because I would use them for studies and I would use photography and have my own cameras and do all of that for my studies and um, pre-painting and, you know, gridding and collaging and stuff to come up with my works. Um, but, yeah, my nan, I've told this story a bajillion times, but it's like it's literally the moment where everything changed and it was my nan called me, she was cleaning out her house um, my grandfather was a photographer or he wanted to be a photographer until he had eye problems um, very early on in his photography career. 
And so he had all of these stage photographs of my nan and her three daughters, one being my mother. Um, and they were just for his photography projects for the course that he was undertaking. Um, in tertiary studies, post being in the RAF and travelling the world in the RAF. Um, anyway, and she was like, you're an artist, you might do something with them one day or you just might like to have them. Do you want them? If you don't, I'm just going to get rid of them. Um, and my grandfather died when I was 11. So I was like, absolutely. Plus I'm like a massive nerd on family history, like huge nerd. I have like the highest ancestry subscription and like I spend my time when my kids go to sleep, like, you know, looking on that instead of sleeping because I get no sleep. But, um, but yeah, so I was like, yeah, okay. And then I got them and I guess there were, because I am not trained in photography, I'm not trained in video or film or anything like that. I didn't see any parameters around what I could do. I didn't, you know, there was, I just had these photos and in between painting, because I like to have multiple projects on the go just to, you know, so my brain doesn't become stale or too fixed in something and stuck. Um, the photos that she gave me were negatives. They weren't printed photos. They had never been printed. Um, so I took them down to Michael's, um, which is no longer there anymore, and across the road from RMIT where I was studying, handed 10 in because I didn't, I did not realise the cost of getting negatives turned into, you know, it was like, it was a hundred bucks for a uni student just to have a look at 10 photos that, you know, I didn't even know what they would look like. It's a lot of instant noodles right there. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, so then I, I didn't get them printed. I just got them sent over via email, digital. So they were on my computer um, and I had just bought a Mac with a Photoshop subscription because I just started the masters and that was a part of what RMIT were offering because uh, I was an Indigenous student on a scholarship um, and so I was like cool and then I don't know how like what my brain thought but I just dragged it into Photoshop and then I sort of just started playing around and collaging and adding little bits and pieces and sitting on my computer laughing while I'm thinking that it's so funny that like I've turned my nan and and uh, her daughters into like going to church with this big, beautiful Jesus Christ and Mary statues into like the, um, no offence because it is a great work, but the very ugly eagle that is down, it's not Bunjil Way anymore. It's been moved. Where's that been moved to? And who, that's, um, I'm really bad with names and so forgive me. Craig, you might know. Who's the artist? That's it, Bruce Armstrong. That's it. Thank you. Um, sorry to point you out there. But um, yeah, so, you know, and he's not an Indigenous artist, but he made this big bunjil eagle, which is this big creator for Aboriginal people within Victoria. And it's the most ugliest thing. And I was like, I'm going to put that in the church and we're going to worship that. Um, anyway, so it was a lot of fun and it was nothing to be, I had no expectations. I took it into uni and it sparked a lot of very deep conversations during the crit that were looking back now very harmful. Right. Um, but that was the turn and I just thought, well, the stories that I want to tell and that I want to imagine up, I'm collage was working for me. Painting was not real enough at that point for yep. those stories. And so I sort of just put painting to the side and transitioned. 
And and, and um, in your painting practice, was there ever, was there any kind of um, existence of kind of self portraiture in 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 the painting? Yeah, for sure. So yep. um, I had a conversation with my mum yesterday about. Um, school because my daughter's just started prep and she's like, where do you want them to go? And I was like, well, I think maybe she should go to the school that I went to and my sister and my mum and dad went there as well. Um, and she brought up a memory that I actually didn't – I don't remember. I've got the memory of an elephant. I don't remember. And she's like, well, when you were in year 12 in VCE, because all my subjects were art, she's like, I actually had to go up to school and have a meeting with the principal and I ended up in this big fight with him because – one of your art teachers, which I don't – it must have been a stand-in teacher maybe because my art teachers were fabulous, um, would not let me touch any subject around my work to do with Aboriginal art. Apparently, I came home and was like the teachers not letting me do my paintings and not that they – you know, I'm not doing dot paintings or anything like that. You know, just, uh, I guess, themes within the paintings and, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, and I didn't remember that. And so, I guess, yeah, I've been in that fight a little bit earlier on about, you know, st staking my identity into my work. But, yeah, there w I did do portraiture and painting. Um, it was all – I did all, all nudes um, – outside of myself and then when it was myself it was self-portraits I used oil I used acrylic I painted with palette knives um I very often also painted with my hands just because I I very textural person and like when you paint with your hands it's just like it's nothing else it's like when you you know when you rub ochre onto you it's it's a whole like connection and so you know I was like really involved in the painting process of these you know, big, massive, like, three-metre canvases. So I was really um, – I was a painting painter, you know. Yeah. And, and do you feel like, you know, we, we, we touched on it before a little bit, the, the digital materiality kind of thing, the, the transition from literally the most kind of visceral experience that you can have yeah. of putting, putting, you know, paint on your fingers, going from that to, you know, essentially playing with ones and zeros on, on, on a, on a, on a yeah. computer. But I guess – the thing that that probably dovetails is that the tangibility of that, because the tangibility of that is completely wedded in your family history and your identity, and you you know you're working with substance, and, yeah. and that substance is an undefined uh, substance, but it's but it's enthralling, and it's something that um, you know a lot of artists I know. Um, you know, really the same kind of thing that you were talking about, the genealogy, like they're really kind of interested in, they're really kind of interested in finding out how did they get to this point? You know, if, 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 you're, if you're questioning, which I think a lot of artists do, you know, what am I doing or what am I making work about or why am I making this? Looking back to, you know, sort of where you come from and, and, and particularly First Nations artists, I, I think because, you know, all First Nations people um, have just such complicated... Um, family histories yeah, and, and, and many times very fractured and, um, and sort of hidden kind of histories. So there's a, there's a lot to sort of um, process in that. I think that I'm uh, – I have been very, very lucky because my family um, were picked up at the very beginning, the opening of the mission and so um, there has been a lot of documentation and diary entries from mission managers and like even down to – how many dogs and who owned the dogs on the mission. And um, 
so my Aboriginal family, when I piece it together, it's like I know, I know their actual life. It's like I know them, um, which is really beautiful and I find that very, very special when I come to making my work that uh, when, I, when I do make my work and although it is contemporary and although I star in it or, you know, it's now, I'm not, like I'm not just me. I am like the sum of all of my ancestors and I have a duty of care and, um, and you know, I, I need to be responsible, I guess, because it's not until now or, you know, even a decade ago was quite dangerous. You know, now we can speak and we can say and we can shout and, you know, tell our stories without... I mean, there are repercussions of being who we are, but I guess the chances of us getting those repercussions are slightly less. Yeah, absolutely. When we're talking about, I mean, this is the ironic thing, talking about like the um, accuracy of, of, of mission records, you know, or kind of, you know, I did some work in South Australia and a lot of like the the Lutheran sort of missionaries, they were amazing at documenting language and, and, and with language revivals, it's actually those sources, the sources of the oppressor that come back. It's like how the Nazis, the Nazis kept, you know, incredible records, right? Um, you know, um, so um, it, it, it is an interesting kind of contradiction that, 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 that the source is this source that was the thing that oppressed, um, uh, oppressed people. But one thing we talked about the other night, which is really interesting, is there is a tendency with a lot of First Nations artists when they're looking at their background to only look at their, their First Nations background. But many First Nations artists have, you know, European or, you know, other kind of backgrounds. And, um, um, you know, they're kind of less less you know sometimes are less kind of interested in exploring that kind of heritage because they're focusing i guess on the authenticity of 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 indigeneity but um but but you are really interested as well too in, in all all your family history beyond just first nations um family. Yeah. yeah so well growing up my dad his dad um moved over to australia from india um so we uh you know a bajillion generations back in India um, and then our family blended into the Anglo-Indian history there. I'm not sure if anyone knows the history of Indian. It's it's just as brutal as it is here. But um, yeah, so, he, so his, his dad came over in, in the 50s from India and then my nana's family um, were on a ship from Brazil. Um, so yeah, so I'm very blended but I guess the thing is with my aboriginality and this is something that I've been like really thinking on a lot lately um, in the position that we're in within Australia and also within institutions and how they group artists Um, and it's really interesting that Australia does not look outside of my aboriginality Um, and institutions don't, even though my dad is a first-generation Australian um, and his parents are immigrants, you know. It's – and, yeah, it's just – So it's like, oh, Haley, that's super interesting. Uh, India, yeah. So um, back to the mission, you know. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. It's it's like, uh, yeah, Australia, because they're not reckoning with the history and truth-telling and there's this amnesia, it's – 
almost a little bit like this, I call it trauma porn. And people love that. And people at the moment also like as sick as it sounds, love people who are from like Palestine and are from Iran and Ukraine and all those sorts of things. And it's just this like really yucky thing in Australia. So when I left Australia last year on a residency to Italy um, and I was there for a couple of months, there was no like fantasizing about being Aboriginal for all of the curators that I met because they didn't really know what that meant. But when I said, you know, my mum's family were Aboriginal, but my dad is this and this, you know, there was just as much interest in that in the others as well. And then, you know, that migration to somewhere of like, you know, my dad's family is they're so new here. They need to make Australia, you know, what they want to make Australia for them. You know, he visits all of these places that my mum has taken him throughout their relationship when they, you know, my mum was 13 when they got together. Um, she takes him places on country to go fishing and, you know, they've become his favourite places but for his new reason and, you know, new connections whereas hers go back a bajillion years as well, you know. So it's it's very interesting for me to to, in public and in the art sector, I think that my identity is severely reduced and only half is spoken about. But when it comes to my work, no, it's the same problem as well. Yeah. You know, all my work is uh, starting from I Will Survive, which was in photo 2020, um, and then Nick Dynasty, which is at Gertrude opening today, and this new film that I'm making, The Umbra. Um, and I've, I think that I've just got like this confidence in me now to be, to have this voice and say, well, you know, actually I am who I am and how I identify is how I identify. Um, but all of that is included. It's just, it's interesting to see how Australia can't get past or connect maybe because Australia's not interested in immigration stories or things like that or how people got here even though we're a very multicultural country. I've got on a tangent. We no, no, like- no, but no, it's great because, I mean, I think this is this is what we're really dealing with as a nation. I think we're seeing this kind of unfold in real time. Like going back to going back to this project I did in, in um, South Australia, you know, South Australia was founded in 1836 as this free colony and it was meant to be this place of kind of religious freedom um, and South Australia had this incredibly, you know, like first place in the world to give women the vote. And, you know, um, in 1836, there was a proclamation that said that that all people in, in, in uh, South Australia, including Aboriginal people, are to be considered British subjects and afforded the same rights as, as anybody else. That was 1836. Now, that didn't materialise. And if you, if you compare 1836 to 1967... You know that's how that's how long that basic kind of thing took. I'm born in 1973. You know, so it's sort of in my kind of you know scheme of of existence. And then all the political processes that we're going through now, the potentiality of you know the voice, treaty, truth telling, even towards a republic. All of this is all happening in real time, and all of this is 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 right of the moment. You know, and and um. I feel that we've seen we've seen a shift in the general kind of Australian population towards going okay, like we need to we need to deal with this. And one of the most beautiful examples I think was 
um, the devastating bushfires um, that we had, you know. And for the first time, I, I heard people going, oh, you know, we're exploring fire stick practices and, and kind of traditional kind of land management. Maybe there's something in that. Maybe there's something in that. And uh, what I think at, it, it, at its core is this idea of, of country and being in tune with country. So even if you're Indian and you're fishing at a, you know, a river, you know, being in tune with how that kind of river works and even just being in tune with the topography of where we are and how we walk and why roads were built and, you know, this, this kind of logic that, that has always sort of been here. And one of the most beautiful and poetic and exciting things for me is that I'm seeing wider Australia starting to embrace that and to embrace Aboriginal culture in a way and, and also to, to start to start looking at the past and, and the way that a lot of us were educated. You know, I was very much ed educated that Captain Cook discovered Australia. Um, there wasn't much here and um, he was sort of the father of the nation and he was this nice, you know, kind of... My family background is, you know, convict, Aboriginal, Irish. There's no one worse than Captain Cook for us, you know, like on, on all kind of counts. And it's, so it's... What, what's interesting is I think that this is all happening uh, now. And there's an amazing generation of, of, of younger artists that Haley's part of. And I think of people like James Tyler and Amrita Happy and, and Dean Cross, these, these kind of artists that do come from, you know, multiple kind of backgrounds and are exploring all those kind of elements of their identity um, across different mediums as well too. So not being sort of pigeonhole, not making the work that people are expecting them to make. And that's really exciting because these guys represent that kind of future of Australia that will outlive me, you know, and, um, and that's, that's my great hope. I, I just went on a tangent too. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that for us, this younger generation, I'm not that young, yeah, yeah. but yeah, just, just I'll take, take it. it, I'll yeah. take it. Um, I think that there is this extra, very thick layer um, within our practice where we have to like be very, very smart of how we make our work and very calculated because we want to be seen as this, you know, this whole person with all of these fluid identities around us and, you know, on top of our ethnicities, you know, other things come into play as well, based, you know, gender and sexuality and, and all of those things. And how do, we, how do we speak truthfully on who we are as our artist within our artwork but do it in such a, in such a way that I guess, you know, we shouldn't cater so much to our audience but you kind of need to. If you want people to look at your art, you need to make it accessible. And there's just so many layers in there that you've sort of got to cross over to your audience. And anyway, it's very complicated, but I think that I think that it's making us smarter. And I mean, if you just see the quality of the work, it's just amazing. And the storytelling within the work is mind-blowing. And I, that's what it comes down to. It's storytelling. And the theoretical underpinning of the work, like like all these artists I mentioned, they all you know they all studied the fashionable French philosophers at uni, but they're also looking at culture. It's this sort of blending of all of this stuff, sort of uh, coming together, and so the stakes are kind of higher, which is which is fascinating for me. And, and you know, for me as a curator, I was talking to Craig before, like. 
I, I've never got past being a fan, you know, as a curator. That, that, that's, that's really essentially what I am as a fan, you know. I'm a fan of artists. And, you know, so for me, working with artists is never kind of onerous because it's, sometimes it's onerous. But, but in general, it's not onerous because I enjoy it so much. And what I enjoy is the, the idiosyncratic nature of artists, the sort of individuality rather than the homogeneity of them. The, those different kind of voices, those unique voices. What does that look like, someone who comes from Haley's position? What does that look like, someone who comes from Rico Rennie's position? What does it look like, someone who comes from Serena Bonson's position? These are all fantastic and, and interesting things to me. And, and also emblematic of, of this, this kind of new Australia, like this new kind of southern land and, and the potentiality of this future, which is being created in real time. So I feel very privileged that we're at this point in history and witnessing these fundamental changes. I mean, the fundamental change that, that happened post-World War II with migration as well too, and the, and the waves of migration through the, you know, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s that, that continue to this day. And Australia is becoming a really interesting place uh, for it. The other interesting thing is that I think that Australia in, in some ways is emblematic of the world, you know, because you have people from all over the world here and it's this, 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 kind, of, this kind of laboratory, I guess, for, for the world, which is fascinating. And um, maybe, maybe we might um, take a moment to sort of open to see if there's any questions and then we might sort of come back and um, wrap up some of the... Con you don't have to ask questions if you don't want to, but does, does anyone have a, a, a question or a comment? Or two-part comment, two-part question. No, that's okay. Oh yeah. It's not a very uh, deep question, really, Haley. But you're, you were referring to your paintings. Did you ever exhibit your paintings, or? Sorry. I did. I exhibited my paintings. Well, see, I had a few meetings with uh, galleries prior to exhibiting them and, and um, there was this one lady that sort of, I thought that I wanted to get to a very specific point before I exhibited them um, and I always considered myself as continuously training. Um, I was not, you know, I had not gathered a body of work that I wanted to and I sat down with, with one gallerist one day and she, she said to me, she's like, you're 21? I said, yeah. And she goes, and you've never exhibited? I think you're a bit old. Like, I think you've missed your shot. <laughs> and it's I was true, like, yeah. oh, my God, I've missed my shot. Like, I'm 21. Like, I've waited. She's like, you should have, like, you know, you should have had a handful of shows by now. If you're a serious artist, you would have had, a, you know, five shows. You should have been in Ari. You should have been doing this. And I was like, I've, I've done, like, I've been training my whole life. And practicing my whole life to be told that it's done. I missed it. Twenty-one and done. <laughs> anyway, I just kept doing it, and then I eventually, yeah, I, I created a body of work that I did show in an Ari um, of paintings, and I just I f feel like it was just so personal. It was very, very personal, and I had to come to a part in my growing and my identity in life to to have the guts to show properly. And I mean, I did that. I, sh I showed properly for the first time with um, I'm the Captain now in 2016. And it was just one of the works and they're 20 by 20 centimetres. They're very small. The one work and then it was like as soon as that went out, it was just like it exploded. So I'm not, I'm not done with my paintings. I... 
I just like the feeling that I get when I think about painting is just so warm and fuzzy in my chest. But I just think that it's not the medium. The medium's not doing me justice to what I want to do. And, you know, I'm at a point now with um, photography. Like I love photography. I am continuing it, but for particular stories and particular emotions and what I want to pass through into the audience, photography is not cutting it either. And so, you know, I stepped into film. Yeah. Sean Gladwell tells a great story, artist Sean Gladwell, about going to – he went to the, you know, Royal Academy in, in, in London as a painter. And a lot of people forget that, you know, he's an incredible draftsman and, and painter. And he got there and was like the first crit of his painting. And he's like, I'm, I'm not painting anymore. You know, <laughs> I'm going to make video. Like it was like, like on, on his first day. And it was completely changed his entire kind of worldview this one this one kind of crit session not then the crit session wasn't like you're a terrible painter stop painting but but it was about the sort of limitations or the yeah yeah and f- yeah. i think for him he sort of th- he he sort of thought which i think a lot of young artists think that oh you know to be a proper artist right you got to be a painter that that's that's proper art yeah yeah, I do think about that. I saw a, I saw a lot of when I was in Europe, like it, it's just all paintings. There's The photography that they do have over there is um, documentary photography. So it's not, it's not what I'm doing. It's not fine art photography, I guess, or photography art. Um, it's all painting. And looking back at that, I guess, like I did get stuck in my mind again of like painting is the real art. But I... You know, there are there's limitations. Because, yeah, I saw yeah. I saw a surrealism um, exhibition, and I saw so many Leonora Carrington works, and my God, are they incredible! They are so amazing. And what I do miss in painting is that you can you can really go anywhere. You can stretch as far as you want with your um, storytelling, but it's not ever gonna be. You're not ever going to look at it and imagine yourself in it, you know? Yeah. And that's what I require from my work of putting the audience into that position and turning it back on them. You can't just be like, you know, there's a whoever, Picasso, I can imagine myself in that with these like fragmented faces, you know? Yeah. So you're not ruling out getting the, getting the paint under, under the fingernails again in the future? God, no. I might be doing it for an upcoming project with photography, but I'll never tell. There you go. There you go. And we we, we would never ask, of course. (laughs) Um, The last thing I I might ask about, which is one thing that I I, I love about your work, is the beautiful kind of aesthetic and this kind of – and I've I've tried to articulate this before in writing and stuff. It's kind of this this sort of gothic, uh, sort of witchy (laughs) – you know, it's a really interesting aesthetic to me, and it's a very con- sort of consistent aesthetic. And 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 your representation within that aesthetic, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, is almost like a character. Like like you become this sort of character, which is like a, I think, a more arch version of you in some oh, kind yeah. of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about that aesthetic and also too that 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 idea of sort of embodying a character within your work? And and then do you yeah. ever have that thing of sort of looking at yourself? From a uh, distance, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so I think that um, working, starting to work with the photographs that I inherited from my grandfather and, you know, my mum and her sisters and my nans, there was a point where very early on where there was this disconnection, they simply became characters and it wasn't, the, the story was just so far above like the faces in it. Um, 
And, you know, there was a time where I got brought back down to earth and, and um, a couple of my images went up onto billboards in um, Newport and I didn't think much of it and they were all pictures of my mum's younger sister and anyway, they went up on Facebook, uh, the substation posted it and anyway, my auntie ended up seeing it and she was like, oh my God, I'm on billboards and I was like, oh yeah, they're you, I forgot. I forgot to tell you that, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even tell you. I haven't shown you photos, nothing, you know. And a lot of my work is her. And it's just, yeah, it just removes so much. But when I made um, I Will Survive, that was a little bit tricky. That was the first time that I'd worked with a team as well. So I had a photographer come in while I posed up and, you know, they did the clicking. And um, and so that was a little bit different because I didn't have control and I couldn't see myself and what I was doing, but I knew exactly what I needed to do and wanted to do. Um, but I guess that's the beauty of Photoshop, it, that it's not – with a photograph, that's not the end. Like there is so much that you can do from there and with collage, which is why I've never left collage because that is – I can't just take a photo and that, you know, that be that be it because that's not it. I haven't – I work my, my images – like I do with paintings. I build them up how I do the painting. layering, yeah. Yeah. So that structure and my training has not left me at all. I still create that way. Um, but that was not too hard because I had full control over editing for I Will Survive um, and what the images came out. But going into the film, Nick Dynasty, I thought that I, it was – it was very central that I, I needed to play that character. Um, and while that character is based on me and founded on me, it's, you know, it's so abstracted from there. Um, and so I needed to be that character and I needed to be um, really, I guess, uh, really strong in who that woman is in it. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. Um, like it was, I remember like stepping out from, you know, take one, scene one and doing it. And they were like, okay, take two, take three, take four, take five, like over and over. And I was like, oh my God, like being in front of the camera is not for me. But like it's going into the editing, it was very, very quickly uh, realised that like at first I was like, oh, that's what I look like. But, you know, session two, session three, that's gone. That is absolutely gone because it's a character and it's the narrative that takes over and it's the narrative that you need to pin, you know. So as long as the editing process or the scenes are there, I like to think of my work as, as a puzzle and I have all of these puzzle pieces. I have all of the fragments. I have all the photographs or I have all the scenes and then from there I can start to build the narrative to become stronger and switch pieces out or, you know, swap them around, whatever it is, until that narrative is, you know, it hits across the whole work. Um, so while I do use me, I have very, very quickly become immune to my own face and body, yeah. which is, it's weird, but I think that you just have to look at yourself from, yeah, an outsider perspective and, and think of the actual cause of the work and what that is rather than – because otherwise it would just be hell. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it would be remiss of me not to 
to reference like you know the history of you know Australian sort of photography and representation like you know someone like Tracy Moffat's work and I think about that portrait you know that self-portrait Tracy did of herself with the camera looking out so it's like these multi multi-level and someone like Tracy Moffat is someone I think also too has this kind of uh, difficult relationship with herself uh, uh, in work but um, it, it's super exciting I really um, commend to you this work uh, Nick Tenasti which is which you can see uh, from today um, thank you uh, all so much for, for coming along uh, for this session thanks to our hosts uh, M Pavilion and all, and all the crew and all the crew from um, agency projects but above all um, I really feel that this lady represents the, the future so please join me in thanking the incredible Hayley Miller Baker. Thank you. You're listening to an M Pavilion podcast. Conversations about design and the world we live in. For more, visit our archive at mpavilion.org and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. <laughs>